Welcome back to the Beyond Macros podcast. We are the sustainable transformation nutrition coaches, and we help you make your transformation that lasts with episodes about nutrition and the all-important art of inner work. This week, we have some big announcements about new ways we will be helping you continue your journey to your sustainable transformation. You've heard me talk about our free calorie and macro calculator worksheet at the beginning of pretty much every episode. And next week, we will be bringing something bigger. We will be opening the doors to a free community where you can get more support and accountability, share recipes and snack ideas, join monthly challenges, and have conversations about the topics you care about, things like nutrition and inner work. Invitations will be going out for our free community to the 12,000 of you who have downloaded our calorie and macro calculator worksheet over the past year. If you want to get that invitation, download that ASAP at beyondmacros.com slash worksheet. We will be kicking off the group with a community challenge beginning December 1st, where we will be completing today's guest, Mark England's Procabulary Core Language Upgrade course. This course has not only been influential to me as a coach, but as soon as I went through the first iteration of it three years ago, I started living into my vision and dealt with far less stress because I was able to fully take responsibility for my life and realize I have the personal power to make it through any situation. If you are ready to do the deep inner work we talk about weekly on this show, you can get $100 off the Core Language Upgrade course at Procabulary.org. That's P-R-O-Cabulary.org. Using the code BEYONDMACROS, all one word. For $2.99, you'll be able to do the one online course I can honestly say changed my life which is why I will be going back through it for the third time with this community over a 21-day period starting December 1st. My goal is to get everybody through the course in time to reflect on 2018, and we will be going through an exercise to project our goals into 2019. In order to join, just forward the receipt from your core language upgrade purchase to coaches at beyondmacros.com. Whether you buy the course now or you already purchased it and want to revisit it again with a group, I will make sure to send you an invite to join the party. You just got to let me know that you want to join. Make sure to get it done before December 1st, which is next Saturday. And stay tuned with this episode because at the end of it, Mark gives us some deep insights about how to set goals in a way that makes you far more likely to achieve them than by following the tired old advice floating around at this time of year. But this episode is not about goal setting. And it's not about the core language upgrade system, which you can learn about way back in episode 9. This episode is an entertaining story about how getting fat saved Mark England's mind. The story starts at a time when Mark nearly lost his mind. His identity was in a state of shambles, 
and he was in a state he describes as seething after blowing out his knee while training Thai boxing in Thailand. For me, seething is a step past bitterness. Bitterness, it's it's like when somebody sucks on a lemon, you know, their face is puckered. Seething is gnashed teeth. And I seethed for, let's just call it a year, because I, I look at that time frame um, of when I had my knee second knee surgery in Thailand and the uh, my fight career stopped. It was over. And um, I didn't laugh. I didn't laugh for a year. And I noticed it, I, I started paying attention about three months in. So it's it's weird to do. It's even weirder when you know you're doing it. And, and it was because I was so uh, wrecked about the fact that my first love, my first true love, and I mean that, martial arts, uh, MMA, fighting, competing, was, was the story I told myself is it was taken away from me. And I didn't know who took it away from me. I just knew it was taken away from me. Those were the words. And, uh, you know, hello, victim mentality. And... Uh, yeah, I, I did that. I did that strong for a while. the The worst part, the worst period, was that year seething. That was two thousand and three. Bangkok, Thailand, man. And you know what made it worse, dude? Hmm. Um, there are Thai boxing gyms all over Thailand. Yeah, and Thai boxing tourism is a real thing. So there were all these, I, I would I'd walk down the street trying to, trying to get it out of my mind. And there's a heavy bag hanging out in someone's yard yeah. or you just go around the corner and there's a gym that just pops up out of nowhere. Even though Mark was having salt poured in his wounds at every turn, he felt trapped in Thailand. And there was no going back. I knew that I'm, what am I going to do? Go back to Richmond and, and not be that person that I was. That scared me as much as anything. So can't go home. Fucked in in Thailand. Um, I don't know if you've ever seriously and sincerely asked yourself a question. You've probably seen it on movies. What have I done? What have I done? What have I done to myself? And I didn't answer the question. I just left it there. Traumatic, a very traumatic question unanswered. Yeah. Locked up city, man. Just just tense and, and, and pissed at everything. It really went beyond just feeling pissed. Mark hit the point of apathy. And the only thing that pulled him out of apathy is fear. Mark told me a story to highlight where his mind was. She wants to take salsa lessons. Okay. I'm not taking salsa lessons because I can barely walk without a limp. She would she would practice, I think it was Tuesday, Thursday, just two days a week, and then we would go to the salsa club, Cuban salsa club, on Fridays. And uh, you know what Cuban guys really like? They would take her out and, and dance with her and spin her around, and it's beautiful. Salsa dancing is amazing, uh, uh, especially when you're doing it. It's less amazing when you're watching your girlfriend do it from the bar, nailing beers, 
And one particular evening, I'm probably seven, eight Heinekens deep, just watching. And I'm watching. And they, we were in the community. They knew we were together. I'm watching these dudes, computers running. How am I going to get this girl out, out, out the door from under this guy's nose? No big deal there. I understand guys. Okay. What really fucked me up was as when I saw that and then I, then I tuned in on myself. I didn't care. I just, I didn't care. I was cold to the whole thing about this, this very special person in my life. And, uh, and it was a, one of a series of wake-up calls. Another one was me on my motorcycle hauling ass down Peppery Road, which is a one of the main highways in, in Bangkok. No helmet. Late. Drunk. Didn't care. Whatever happens, I don't care. I'm not going to make anything happen, but, you know, whatever happens, I don't care. I, I scared myself, man. My palms were sweating as Mark was telling me about the recklessness on a motorcycle. Mark is both a man that I have the utmost respect for and a man who I know I can always call for a great conversation. Hearing about this time in Mark's life where he had no regard for his well-being was scary to me as a friend. As I was listening and envisioning his story, my mind was screaming, No, Mark, no! Live! Dig your way out of this hole! As we continued the story, Mark further described what he was experiencing by alluding to this scene in the movie Ray, where Ray Charles is coming off of heroin cold turkey. And there was a the last scene in that movie, I think it was last, he was close to the end, where he... Ray was coming off of heroin and he was doing it cold turkey and he was writhing around in bed, shaking, like jolting, sweating. I did that. I did that for a week coming off of, I couldn't work out. I was addicted to that, addicted to my identity, addicted to all the things that came with that, which was, you know, it it was cool to be that tough guy. And it was also, uh, people gave respect. Some people feared me. I liked that. That's, that's how insecure I was behind the scenes. And all that changed, man. Yeah. All that changed. Thank God it changed. Yeah. Cause that was, that's a, that's a horrible beast to feed. And when I was, uh, when I was unable to feed it with, you know, uh, what it was used to, it turned in on me. And I got to deal with that thing. Mark did dig his way out of the hole that he dug for himself. And you can learn about that part of his journey in episode nine. I am retelling you this part of his story because of how sharply it contrasts with where Mark is today. Without that suffering of his own making, he would not be a black belt in language practice. That identity of a fighter was something that Mark had to detox from to end his suffering. But it was a fix that he found himself continuing to be jonesing for and going back to. Mark identified as someone who is fit and someone who has a six-pack until he turned 40. 
And this, my friends, is where the story starts to get really interesting. So I hit puberty and started wrestling at 13 at the same time. And um, from there on out, I was ripped. And I stayed that way till I was 40. And when I started to get into, you know, the, the, the personal expansion work, the personal development work, um, I started paying more attention to me. Okay? The conversation I was having with myself and, you know, my habits and things like that. And eventually I dialed in to this knot in my stomach right there, right, right in my solar plexus. It was just hard, dude. And I could relax it to a degree if I focused exclusively on it. And then when I took my attention somewhere else, go to pick up a, a coffee, it would lock right back up. And that weirded me out. I'm like, what is that? And then I drew, connected the dots between that knot and tight hunched shoulders. And then I connected the dots between that knot and tight hunched shoulders and clenched jaw. I'm like, there's something going on here. There's a, there's a, there's a, this is a, 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 a pattern. It's to do with my identity and working out harder is not going to remediate that. Well, shit, what do I do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? I just kept asking that question. And then a very peculiar answer showed up. Get fat. That's right, everybody. Mark's solution to a knot in his chest was to get fat. And if you liked my fight with a pumpkin pie last week, you're going to love Mark's internal dialogue around this decision. Yeah, yeah, get that. What are you, what are you talking about? Yeah, just go, dude, just do it. Trust us. Get that. Go ahead. What do you mean get, like, fat? How fat? Just a little bit fat. You know, put on a, put on a little, uh, little, little cushion. Really? Yeah, really. I'm like, but, but my six pack. Okay, you'll be all right. I said, okay. In October 2016, so if, if I'm a black belt at the language game, then I'm a fresh black belt. Okay. I stopped working out. And I start eating an extra meal. And I drink a six pack of beer every night and eat one to two pints of macadamia nut Haagen-Dazs ice cream. This was in Thailand. I did it for three oh, months. Yeah. Three months yeah. in Thailand. And after three months, I put on 20 pounds, bro. I, it was, I, I'd lay in bed. I'd, I had no idea that it, it was going to be such a pleasant experience because what it did is it helped put some different kind of pressure on this knot. It helped like 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 massage it out in a strange way and i i got myself fat and put myself in a position where 
um, you know, I, it's, it's noticeable that I've put on weight and now I get to deal with people's comments and not only am I fat, but I'm, I'm also less strong. I'm weak er, fat and weak. Ooh, you want to talk about pushing some buttons, bro. And doing it on purpose. Is this madness? Crazy madness. I busted out a two pair of shorts and a pair of pants. When I was laying in bed, dude, it was like I had somebody to spoon, but there was no one else there. I, just had, a, I had a fucking gut for the first time. My ass got fat. And I go home. And Barbell Shrugged is coming up. Who gets fat for Barbell Shrugged? My dumb ass. This is the point in the game where Mark meets his final boss. He's won every level. And now it's just him and the big test. Did getting fat allow Mark to finally release some of his deeply rooted identity issues that were not only holding him back from fully enjoying life, but were also now causing him physical discomfort? We shall see. My dad takes me to the airport, Richmond, Virginia airport. We're driving. It's two hours from the farm to the airport on January 18th. Barbara Shrugs on January 20th. We pull up, and my dad goes, he, I used to get called pudgy when I was a kid. You think I liked that? Hell no. Hated it. Loathed it. Seethed. <laughs> Maybe not seethed. I just, I was, I was, oh, come on, man. Kids are, kids yeah. are, kids are kids. And uh, especially pudgy kids. Don't call a pudgy kid pudgy. And my dad goes, as soon as we pull up, it was the last thing out of his mouth. He goes, can I give you some fatherly advice? And I knew what was coming. And I look over at him and I go, sure. And he goes, you've gotten pudgy. You need to lose a little weight. (laughs) One eye and one ear on him. And one eye and one ear on me. Not one fuck was given. No flinching at all. Not a hair on my arm moved. And I was like, cool. <laughs> fuck yeah, Mark. D- yes. It was a score. That is a score. It was a weird, weird score. Didn't see it coming. You know, wouldn't have, wouldn't have bet that, made that bet a year ago, a year before. He did it. Mark won. The test was a success. But little did Mark know that after he threw Bowser off the castle, it wasn't smooth sailing back to Princess Peachy Town. As Mark was ready to get fit again, he was given another opportunity to test his mettle. Bledsoe and I, we went to uh, 10th Planet in Phoenix. Cool gym, cool guys. And, um, you know, my jiu-jitsu is antiquated. I stopped training mid-2002. You know, you fast forward 15, 16 years, especially in 10th Planet. They're very progressive. And um, I don't know the moves anymore, man. I'd like to think I do. Anyway, we took a couple classes, and this was right after combo. This was right after three days of combo, the day after. Yeah. I want to roll, which means live grappling. Mike's over on the wall talking to the, the owner of the gym. And dude puts me in a, a Kimura from the half guard, which is, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a shoulder lock. Um, 
like a figure four in wrestling except for the arm. And um, I didn't think he had it. And I stra- straightened my arm out and, and, and he was cool about the whole thing, man. He wasn't trying to do anything. It was a, it was a freak accident. One that I'm glad that happened, even though I have a $13,000 credit card bill <laughs> to, to, for, for, yeah. for, a, for a fixed arm. Um, yeah, man, the thing snapped. It didn't just snap. It snapped and crunched and ripped. It's like three different sounds, textures of sensation all at the same time. Thinking back to the beginning of the episode, hearing how Mark reacted to the injury to his knee, how would you expect Mark to react to this situation in the moment? Do you think he started seething and had smoke blowing out of his ears? Do you think he sunk straight into apathy? Do you think he spiritually bypassed the entire thing and skipped straight to enlightenment? Here's the truth of it. So weird, man. You don't think of your body doing those kinds of things until they do. Because mm. it's, it's, it's rare. Yeah. And um, half the gym, there's only one thing that sounds like that in the gym. You know, snapping wet pencils. Half the gym looks over. The guy lets go. He's like, oh, dude, dude. I look down at my arm. I look at him. I look back down at my arm. I look back at him. And oddly enough, I envision my calendar. There's my calendar. Out of all the things that I could have focused on. My calendar. And, and, and I'm adjusting my calendar in my mind. Five seconds after... This, my, my, my elbow exploded. Like, okay, not going to be taking that on a certification kettlebell course. That goes over in the trash can. Um, hope I can do paleo effects in six weeks. Uh, and I'm on the, uh, and I'm, I'm the one on the insurance for the rental car. So I, I like driving with two arms. This thing might lock up. We need to leave soon. That was the thought process which was, it wasn't polar opposite. I didn't get excited about the injury. I didn't laugh or anything like that, which would have been, it was just straight in the middle. You know, it was, it was, it was neutral. It was a practical reaction. Okay, this has now happened. What's my, what are my next steps? Instead of a knee-jerk victim mentality uh, uh, reaction from hell, which is what I did in Thailand. And uh, that's a byproduct of, of, of playing the language game for a little while and making adjustments to my stories. Because when that thing, when 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 I got hurt in Thailand and had the 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 second surgery, it fit perfectly into my shitty opinion of myself, and it was proof that there was something wrong with me. So this in the TED talk, I'm somehow doomed to fail. Here's the proof, okay? And this was this was totally different. And I was right. My arm was – it was jacked. I had uh, what is known as a Tommy John surgery uh, wow. a couple months later where they – here's an interesting word context-wise. They go in and they harvest some, some tendons from my, from, from my left leg and then use it to lace my elbow back together again. Yeah, uh, yeah, it just did. There was a bunch of wrecked stuff in there. Even though Mark responded well in the moment, 
one could argue it's just because he went into shock. As he was sitting in the car on the way to have his arm checked out, surely the gravity of the situation dawned on him, right? All of a sudden, the pity story came flooding in, maybe? Mark described the incident like someone throwing a fake punch at him, stopping their fist just short of his nose to see if he would flinch. I didn't flinch at all. I was just like, okay, cool. I get it. Because I know to the degree that I do that that there's what happened to my elbow and then there's my story about what happened to my elbow. They're two different things. And, And negation acknowledged, I never let it get started. I never let the mechanism of the story, the victim mentality story, get started. And, and it started uh, – uh, if, I, if I said, you know, that dude, he broke my arm. That sentence right there, it's a projection. And if I say that and dig my teeth in, now what kind of mental imagery do I have? I have a victim and I have a villain in that picture. He did that to me. Okay, and if I let that sit there long enough, then it's it's gonna it's going to grow. Okay, right off the bat, I broke my arm because that was much more accurate. I have I I have in a couple of conversations said we broke my arm, which is you know I can I can go there. It's cool. It's no charge. It just is what it is. Because I took myself to class. I'm the one that decided to sign that waiver and get on the mat. I'm the one that 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 uh. uh defended it the way that I did. And when I keep that perspective, I win. It it there's there is a there's a real way to use language and words to increase psychological and emotional immunity or decrease it. This process Mark went through is all a product of his inner work journey. Because Mark's medicine is words. He was able to avoid unnecessary suffering by keeping the story about the injury small. And I have kept the story small, Matt. I've kept it small. So much where some days I don't even think about it. And and thank God, because there are better things to talk about than my problems. Yeah. And most of my problems are the ones that I create out of thin air with conflict language. And guess who suffers? Definitely me, 100% of the time. And then, you know, other people to the degree that they do. Let's say someone else is having, a, you know, a rough spell and they just, they're all oh, finally, yeah, someone else with some problems. Tell me everything. Okay. Or you know, and someone ends up worrying about me. Do I want that? Hell no, man. And so I know how to protect myself from parts of myself. And I know how to protect other people from those parts of myself. And a lot of it is, is, is with language. And I say that, um, you know, I mean, I, I tried to, once I really dug into the, what, you know, you call it personal development, but it was way more than that. The, uh, the, the expansion game, I tried everything to, I got a mean streak, man. There's part of me that's just a low down, dirty, mean bastard. And I, I went after that part of myself. I, 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 put the crosshairs on it and thought that I could fast it out or uh, meditate it out or blow it to smithereens with some heavy doses of some heavy plant medicines. And none of that worked. And um, 
I understand now uh, in a much more you know practical way that I am a, a, a mix of many things, many forces, uh, most of which I don't understand, never will to, in, in their totality. Some of them are positive. Some of them are, are negative. And, um, and I know how to keep them in check more now. And, and, and that's good. That's good for me and that's good for the people in my life. Like I got a great life now. Yeah. Like I, I got kick-ass friends and I, I, I deliver a, a valuable product. It's what I do professionally. And I'm grateful for the, the opportunities that present, that are presented to me. Um, in my self-talk, I, I have a much better, healthier, accurate, kinder conversation with myself about myself. I, 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 I breathe a lot better too, man. Like I'm breathing easier now. Like I enjoy myself more. And that, that was not a, there was none of that. There was none of that before. And what held all that in place was, oh, it, 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 it's okay to be all those things because you can, you're a fighter. That's, that was the bandaid on top of my, 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 my shadow. When that got ripped off, dude, I was unprepared. I was unprepared. I didn't know what hit me. The way you get to this point where Mark is today is practice, which is why I am giving you the opportunity to practice your language and change your stories with me and a community of others like you starting December 1st by doing the Core Language Upgrade course. This episode is not over yet, but I do want to remind you that you can use the discount code beyond macros at procabulary.org to get $100 off the core language upgrade registration. And when you forward that receipt to coaches at beyondmacros.com, we will add you to the group. If you already purchased the course and want to reframe your mindset as you reflect on 2018 and project your goals for 2019, you can also join in on the fun. This will be my third time going through the course, and for that reason, I will be facilitating the experience, which will culminate in a goal-setting exercise so you can live the life you envision in 2019. And like I said, this episode's not over. Before we close, Mark wanted to leave you with some goal-setting gold. Let me approach the conversation this way. That there is a very tangible difference between a dream and a goal. Big time. And that difference is that a dream is in someone's head. And a goal is written down on paper. So step one. You want to take your dreams and manifest them. Man, I use that word very rarely. In 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 you know 3D reality, write it down. Write it down and write it down conversationally. And let's say you do that. And let's say you think about what you want to do in 2019 and you get 10 things that you would love to do. Some of them seem very easy to realize and some of them seem very challenging. There's a couple in between. Who cares? Make sure they're stated in the affirmative so, you know, I don't want to be insecure with my girlfriend. Okay? Well, that's what you don't want. What do you want? Uh, I, want to, I want to feel more secure with my girlfriend when we're out at parties. So you make it specific and affirmative. Cool. 
and, um, and, and like I said, conversational. So you're saying it. Add in some numbers. Numbers can get freaky. Okay. Dollars and dates. Get out that calendar. When are you going to have things done by? Okay. Give yourself a, a hard stop for it. Put them in. And then let's say you got those 10. And then put space in between each one of those 10 statements and write the word breathe in there. So you'll make the statement. Talk about down regulation. This is the it's it's the most reliable way to take a concept to heart, literally, a concept to heart and embody a concept that I've I've seen. And it's very it's so simple. Make the statement and then you pause and you breathe in. Breathe out. Relax, make your next Statement, say the goal out loud. Yeah, it could be freaky to say these things. It brings up all kinds of stuff. A, a solid, a legit goal-setting practice, it will poke the bear for all the right reasons. And, and you, you keep going and you socialize the, uh, these ideas with yourself to the point where with, with the, the way that they're structured and the breathing, the structures, the structure is the masculine, the breath is the feminine. That's the flow, structure and flow, a nice combination of that. Point yourself in the direction you want to go and you know you got, you got happy days, man. If you write down your goals for the year, you're ahead of the game. Mark enlightened me to the fact that only 3% of the population has written goals. Even writing something down puts you ahead of the game and it will help you get more focused on what your goal is. And then you will see more opportunities to accomplish it. The thing about goals, though, is that I find clients think setting a goal for a year from now is long term. One year goals are short term goals. And I find clients are scared to write 10 year goals. Mark has a 50 year goal. I got a 50-year goal, and it only took me 10 years to be able to to articulate a 50-year goal. So I'm giving my last presentation on language and story in March 2057. That will be – so my goal was to be in the game for 50 years. I will have said everything I need to say, 17 ways – 1,700 ways, <laughs> and then, then I'm out. I'm, I'm gone. Yeah, I just, I'm, I'm out the door. Everybody else can handle it. Seeds will be planted. So knowing that, I hope you are ready to project some serious goals and serious visions into the future. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. As always... I love to hear what you thought about the show and what stood out for you. In our new free Beyond Macros community, we'll have an area to discuss this podcast and other podcasts with people who are interested in nutrition and doing the self work. You have two options right now to get your invitation to the group. The first is to download the calorie and macro calculator worksheet and have an active email subscription with us. The second option, as I've mentioned a few times, 
is to forward your receipt for the Procabulary Core Language Upgrade course to coaches at beyondmacros.com. If you're registering for the first time, save $100 with the code BEYONDMACROS, all one word, at checkout. The website is procabulary.org. The Language Upgrade Challenge begins December 1st. So, don't waste time. Will you be joining us? As always, thanks for listening, and I look forward to seeing you again next week. Much love, my Beyond Macronians.